we will invite Jim up to discuss traditions four, five, and six. Zoomers. Um, hi everyone, my name is Jim and I'm an alcoholic. Uh, step four. <laughs> oh, I did study the traditions. It's funny how the, tr um, did I say my name? Yeah, I think I did. It's funny how um, the truth the traditions and the steps kind of parallel each other as they as you go along through them and um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a little background of, of what I've been looking at there's so much information on the traditions that we never talk about and so I thought I'd uh, talk about it <laughs> okay this is from uh, what book is this one? A comes of age. A had to grow up. A had to um, lose the people who uh, were instrumental in starting it. It had to turn it over to us. And so, the basic idea for the twelve traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous come directly out of the out of this correspondence, and that correspondence was. Uh, general services would get uh, questions about their group. They're doing this in our group, can they do it? They're doing that in our group, can they do it? And I think it was the Alcoholic Foundation at the time because it's uh, 1945. And so they, out of all those um, questions, to slowly develop the 12 traditions. Uh, in late 1945, a good A friend suggested that all this massive experience might be codified into a set of principles which could offer tested solutions to all our problems of living and working together and of relating our society to the world outside. If we had become sure enough of where we really stood on such matters as membership, group autonomy, singleness of purpose, non-endorsement of other enterprises, professionalism, public controversy and anonymity in its several aspects, then such a set of principles could be written. A code of traditions could not, of course, ever become rule of law. But it might act as a guide for our trustees, headquarter people, and especially for AA groups with growing pains, which we've had many growing pains over. All right. There's a piece of paper. You guys probably have all seen this. It's been out for years. Um, they ask some questions, and it's it's about your group. Um, um, your fourth tradition states that each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or a whole. 
this meeting here is autonomous. It's not run like any other meeting in town. Um, I think um, one of the best things that I ever uh, did was when I traveled uh, and, and we went to AA meetings outside of town, it was very familiar. You felt like you were at home. No matter where we went, you know, whether it was over in Europe or it was the Caribbean, Florida, wherever it is, you feel like you're at home because they, they all basically follow the same um, traditions. You know, there's some quirky stuff in there, like in England, you know, in London, they have tea and crumpets at their meeting. They don't have, they don't have coffee. You know, I got a resentment. But then I found out, I found out I like tea and crumpets. <laughs> um, and some of the meetings are 90 minutes long, you know, over in Ohio. If you're over in Ohio and you got a resentment, because I said that, tough. 90 minutes, my butt, I don't know. Especially the old wooden chairs that we used to sit on, Kevin would remember. You know, now these have got these nice plastic ones. So we asked ourselves some questions. Do I insist that there are only a few right ways of doing things? I got in trouble in my home group so many times. And most of the time, uh, it was because of my home group doing something that I didn't like. And so I would voice my opinion. And then they told me I wasn't allowed to have an opinion. <laughs> and uh, we had a guy in our, in our home group one time, he got four years and had an opinion, and we said, oh no, way too early. <laughs> um, everybody likes to put their two cents in, especially if it's their home group. They want to do things the way they want to. But the basic question is, how are we best serving the newcomer? And there are some meetings I don't go to because I would never take a newcomer to them because they would not be ready for them. Um, there are some meetings that, I don't know, they're just, I just don't, I don't know. I don't like the way they run things. And I'm allowed to do that. I'm allowed to be uh, discerning. In fact, sometimes I, I get to lead at those meetings and, and you know, get to know the people. And sometimes I found out that they're not so bad. <laughs> you know? I found out I was wrong. I'm wrong a lot. I'm wrong a lot of times. says, does my group always consider the welfare of the rest of AA, of nearby groups, of loners in Alaska, of internationalists miles from port of a group in Rome or El Salvador? Years ago when we were, uh, when I was in service uh, for general services, DCM, going down to Pittsburgh, we were arguing about um, whether to continue the, there used to be a book that they put out with all the meetings and people's names on there and phone numbers. Uh, this was before the computer age. And we were arguing if uh, General Services could afford the $80,000 that, uh, um, you know, that it was gonna cost for the printing, which was cheap, really. But um, the, the two 
uh, trustees were arguing in front of us and uh, they said, each one said uh, to the other, um, you know, their line, their, their reasoning. The one said that we can't afford it, AA can't afford to do this. And the other one said there are meetings in South America, there are meetings uh, in different places of the world that don't have the internet. And they can't find out where those meetings are. And so they went to New York with those questions. And uh, what eventually happened, I think, was that they got rid of the book. Um, I, w I was sad to see it go. I, was on, I wanted to keep it, you know. But uh, they made that decision. After the meeting, of course, everybody laughed. We shook hands and we all ate. <laughs> so <laughs> at, AA is famous for fixing stuff, you know, with food. Right, right, Kevin? <laughs> do I put down other members' behavior when it is different from mine or do I learn from it? That's an, that's, this is the fourth tradition, so it's an inventory. You know? um, there used to be, they used to talk about, you walk into a meeting and, and um, you have this group over here and then this group would be over here, and there would be that group over there, and this group over here, and they're all talking. And you walk in and nobody's paying attention to you. And our group is supposed to um, make sure that when somebody walks through that door that they're welcome. You know, sometimes they put a door greeter out, you know, and that's, that's the, the essence of Alcoholics Anonymous. Sure, everybody's happy to see everybody, but over time you have to look around and see who might need it. And we all know what they look like when they come in. Right, Sergio? When you're new? We all know what they look like. We were them one at one time. We were new. I went to a meeting in Florida two years ago and I walked in and they had all the seats saved. They were, they were tilted up and nobody was there and I got there a half hour early and I walked and I stood right there at the door and I waited. People walked by me, went to their seats, nobody said hi. Nobody said welcome. And I felt bad about that. So I sat in the back of the group with um, what they called the newbies. And I asked a young fellow who was there, I said, do they do that? They only called on each other during the meeting mm -hmm. to speak. And I said, do they always do that? And he said, yes. He said, they don't allow us to talk sad. It's a sad state of affairs. And most of them were old timers. Long timers. Um, I could have gotten thrown out of that meeting, but <laughs> I was on vacation, so I let them slide. So, 
Am I, this, is, this is very important. It's one of my favorite lines. Am I willing to help a newcomer go to any lengths, his lengths, not mine, to stay sober? I cannot push what I think they need. I can only tell them my experience, strength, and hope. We get into trouble when we do that. When we start telling people, you got to do this, and you got to do that. It's not why we're here. We're here to share our experience, strength, and hope. And if they ask you a question, you say, well, this is what I did. Not, you should do this. And if I don't know the answer, I have a whole group of people in the room that I can go to. And, you know, if, if, you're, if you're in finance, or if you're, if you're uh, legal, if you're uh, a doctor or a nurse, um, there's plenty of us in these rooms that will, you know, say, well, maybe you ought to think about this, you know. But we do not tell people what to do. That's when we get in trouble. We set ourselves up as a hierarchy. And old timers, uh, you know, uh, me being an old timer, um, I have to check myself all the time. All the time. You know? The other part of this was uh, freedom brings responsibility. Um, we're free from alcohol today and it, we're responsible uh, to help those who are not, who are still enslaved by alcoholism. And the way we do that is by telling our stories. It's kind of a weird way to go about it, but we get up here and we tell our stories. And uh, our stories, um, either they relate with them or they don't. And if they do relate with them and they see, you know, I had to come to AA. I always tell this story many years ago. If I came to AA and uh, you guys were all losers, and you know who you are. <laughs> but if you are losers, and none of you guys had anything, if you didn't have two nickels to rub together, if you didn't have anything, why would I stay here? I, they said, you know, go and pick out the winners. And so there were people in these rooms that I hung around with that I thought were winners, you know. And just to be with them as a new person, it made me feel good. I, you know, I, I would go to a meeting and travel with somebody that was an old timer, and I'd say, yeah, I'm with him. Mm -hmm. And you know, all the, they always loved the old timers, you know. And uh, it was really cool that they allowed, uh, the first time uh, I was at a meeting and one of the older members said, let's go to lunch. And I said, I don't have any money. They said, don't worry about it. And I said, why are you doing that for me? And they said, someday we want you to do that for somebody else. Take them to lunch. 
The people I sponsor today are still waiting. <laughs> yeah, and they never let me forget it. The biggest problem with uh, groups today, and I guess it's been going on since groups started, is uh, ego. Um, everybody thinks they know better, but they don't. We're all in this together. I have a terrible ego. It's terrible. Thank God I'm married. <laughs> so, uh-oh, I'm going to pay for that one. The big ego may inspire one group to take over all the public information work for its area without consulting any of the other local groups. And we have to cooperate. You know, it says uh, affecting other groups or a as a whole. So, we have all the answers. The lid's off. The group may then decide that let's just say the 11th tradition is an outdated technicality. This is a competitive age. We're going to come right out and give A some good, vigorous promoting. You imagine Kevin on TV saying, come to AA. Look at me. That's how it works. If you want to know how it works, call me. Yeah. We can get in trouble doing that. And in early years, that went on. It did. You know, there was uh, no... Um, we talk about spirituality. But it was not a coincidence that the telephone and AA came to, into existence very close to each other. <laughs> you know? It may not have worked without the telephone. You know? So, we must be careful. We're here to carry the message, and that's it. That is it. You know? I can't, uh, I can't stress that enough. Um, years ago, and this, this will probably get me in trouble, but years ago when Jim and Tammy Faye Baker were huge, on television, evangelists. We lost people in the program who went there. Because once you're saved, you're not an alcoholic anymore. And I got a terrible resentment against them. Because some fine people that we had left. My uncle was one such person, and he took my father out of a rehab, and he said, you don't need AA, come with me. Six months later, he was calling me and telling me to get him the hell out of his house. Because, you know, be mindful of outside influences saying, we know better. We're not a religious organization at all. You know? So, our primary purpose is to help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. I sponsored a guy, and he belonged to one of the big churches in town here. 
and he said he won't see me the priest he said maybe in a month so me being the smart ass that I am I said call him up and tell him you have a $500 donation he said I'll see you this afternoon he went there next thing you know my phone's ringing I'm holding it out to here and he's screaming at me Loretta was there at my kid's birthday party telling me that he's worked with alcoholics for years and he knows better it wasn't a month or two later that he was fired from that church I didn't have nothing to do with it maybe he did but we have to be so vigilant about outside influences coming in and so our groups have to stay true to their uh, primary purpose is to stay sober oh I gotta move this along I got yelled at because I didn't allow for questions so the group is autonomous they make their own rules up and in the fifth tradition it talks about their primary purpose which I just talked about and one of the lines in this it says the fifth tradition tells us that groups should remember their one primary purpose it doesn't say 20 of them it says one that's what the literature says often unthinking enthusiasm puts a group off the main track I was wrong last week, TJ told me I was wrong, about the Washingtonians and the, and the Washingtonians were the first uh, group in, in Washington who um, worked with alcoholics. But then they started expanding into other areas, which created conflict. Politics they got into, all kinds of stuff, religion, everything. And of course they disbanded because of resentments. The Oxford group um, did not disband, but it did break into a new uh, form and ended up in England. Uh, in fact, they're still operating today out of England, and they're under a different name. Um, but they told Bill, why do you always have to talk about alcoholism? And I was driving them nuts. You know. So that, I just wanted to apologize for that. Um, it talks about here using discretion a member may lend a few dollars needed for a meal or a hotel room or might even uh, might even invite a broke alcoholic to be temporary house guest uh, when I used to go on 12 step calls I used to bring people home and uh, because they wouldn't be they wouldn't take them anywhere and and she would wake up in the morning and come downstairs and goes, who's that? <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, and sometimes, you know, I, I couldn't remember their name. But <laughs> Tradition five doesn't frown on the individual who tells another about a good job opening. That's fine. We don't 
go around saying we're going to uh, get you a job, but if we if you're around and we see you and you're doing good and we say, hey, there's a job opening down there, it's not a big deal. The AA Group as a whole is not a friendly finance company, nor a welfare department, nor a housing bureau. Even when acting on their own as individual members, AA lay people certainly should award themselves honorary medical degrees and hand out diagnoses and prescriptions and amateur analysis of people's neuroses. Be careful. We're not doctors. You know? I mean, I could tell what's wrong with most of you. <laughs> because it, I did get an opinion. But, but, my sponsor always used to say to me, hey, just because you're right doesn't mean you have to tell anybody. <laughs> and then if you're wrong, oh my God. Then you gotta defend yourself. Then you gotta do that ninth step. Even when acting on their own as individual members, AA lay people certainly should award themselves honorary, I read all that, okay. Through the personal experience of its members, it is qualified to carry only one message, how an alcoholic can recover in AA, and that's all. Whenever I get a new person, I always tell them, you know, get a physical. That's the most important thing. Then I get to know them. That takes about three, three months. And then after three months, I put them to work, you know. And, and that's all I can do. I can't do anything else, you know. I try to get them involved in things. That's about it. One group recently felt itself equipped to set up an alcoholism information center. The temptation is understandable. It was even stronger at the time this tradition was written because public ignorance about alcoholism as an illness was more widespread than it is now. I remember I was sober a year and I went over to my grandmother's house and uh, she pulled out a bottle of whiskey and she says, you haven't had a drink for a long time, a year. She says, surely you can have a drink now. And she pulled the bottle of whiskey out of the freezer and it exploded in her hand because of the temperature change. Not missing a beat because I'm a smart ass. I said, that's how AA works. <laughs> But she didn't understand alcoholism. She was from the old school. Everybody, they drank at meals. They drank all, how, how come you can't stop? Tried, can't, tried. Okay, now the hard one. I gotta keep moving here. The sixth tradition. An A group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the A name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Um, we have a club in Erie, not AA. AA people go there. It's called the Alcanon Club. 
they have an agenda. They um, they may do things that you might not think is right, but it's their thing. Okay, and they mostly they cooperate with us. Uh, years ago, um, I believe it was Finley Lake. There was someone up there in Finley Lake who was selling board games, uh, and they had AA written on it. It was an alcoholic board game. We had to send a representative up there to talk to them and tell them that they can't do that. And uh, that was that was taken care of. Um, early on in sobriety. Uh, they had a lot of rehabs, 28-dayers, uh, uh, and they compete against each other. Success rates, everything. And they try to, and they, sometimes they try to throw AA in there as part of their, we follow the AA traditions or steps. And it's almost like they try to think we're affiliated with them, and we're not. And so we have to be careful that we, uh, we don't do that. The related facility may be an outside group com combating alcoholism or an enterprise that AAs want to start. It was, it was latter that most often confronted the young fellowship. Outside agencies were pretty scarce in those days and some members thought AA should cover the whole alcohol field led by a super promoter. Somebody that you know like uh, go to Congress and and uh, be one of those guys. You know promoting AA. And uh, it didn't work. One group built an all-purpose center including a section for drying out treatment. These were groups that were running it. Today they're separate entities, like Crossroads would be a separate entity, uh, they're not run by AA. Although a lot of the directors uh, that sit on the board are in AA, they don't make decisions based upon AA, they, they make decisions based upon uh, their, um, uh, their business. We have to separate the business from Alcoholics Anonymous. And though that, that center failed, some individual members have since funded successful clubhouses. We talked about that rest farm. Zach's Pine Grove was uh, the first rest farm before we had uh, Serenity out there. And it was run by uh, the George guys, and, and they ran it. And, and uh, of course, back then, they didn't have nurses like Today, and, and you go into these places, they have nurses and doctors looking at you. Back then, it was go in there and lay down, get shut up. <laughs> and if they had to, they would give you a shot or, or a drink. You know, and in our home group, my home group, Obi used to come on Wednesday nights and he carried a bottle with him in case somebody went into DTs. You know, they don't, they, we don't have to do that anymore. You know. Uh, the medical field is well informed of us. And they use a lot of what we say. You see, a lot of what we say is on television, 
It's in the newspaper. It's everywhere. They, use, they steal our stuff. <laughs> Keep it simple. You hear that everywhere you go. Day to time. I play sports. I, I soccer player. I, I live a day at a time. <laughs> I used to say shit like that. <laughs> but they used us. And it's great. AA has a great influence on our culture today. Towards outside agencies dealing with alcoholism, the AA policy is cooperation, not affiliation. We will cooperate with you. We will not affiliate with you. And a group cooperates by welcoming referrals from clinics or by sponsoring AA groups and in institutions, jails, um, you know, there's halfway houses we send people in and, and that type of thing. And so, um, years ago, the group, each individual group would say, it's your turn this week. You know, we would send somebody in. A few years ago, we, I was in one of these, and uh, one of the fellows said, since since we're uh, working with the courts and signing the slips, maybe we should ch charge them a dollar for each signature. <laughs> I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> and, you know, and that was shot down immediately. <laughs> you know. There are two major danger areas, but our course has been charted and the hazards clearly marked. If we steer clear of them, we should have smooth sailing. Affiliation of A groups with anything outside A and any activity that would harm AA as a whole. And that's what I got on your three traditions. So now we have time for questions. If anybody has a question, please just go ahead and raise your hand. Or if you're on Zoom, go ahead and speak up whenever you have the opportunity. So. Hi, Jim. Thanks. My name's Sherry. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Sherry. So my question is this. I know we speak from our experience. A sponsor I had was long in AA and, and powerful and a good speaker. And when somebody started giving advice and telling people how to do things, she knew how to interrupt and stop that from happening. I'm not one of those people. It's very hard for me to, I can talk all the time, but in front of people, and I was told that's all ego because I'm so important. I used to be afraid I'd say something wrong and it would affect somebody's ability to be sober. I mean, is that wild? But anyway, what do you do when that starts happening repeatedly at a meeting and the, the chair and, and whoever doesn't? Do you just not worry about it, that AA keeps going and people make it? Or, well, that's it. Thank it depends you. on what kind of meeting. Is it a speaker meeting or no, it's, discussion? It, no, it, it's a new one. It's a little different. It's a primary purpose where you read a few, somebody reads a few pages and there's a book and, and um, it's just sort of a repetition um, 
uh, different than a big book, book study, but a little bit like that. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, Kathy knows more about it out of Texas, and um, but it, it happens a lot, and it's well-intentioned because there are people from um, a rehab, and so they're trying to school them a little bit, mm -hmm. but, you know, I was taught that I, I was always taught this is what this is what my experience was my experience strength and hope yeah we have to be mindful of and everybody does it we all do it I mean Terry tells everybody what to do so well you have to be subtle you know you walk up to them well if it's the same person all the time you walk up to them and tell them to stop say it's not <laughs> if it bothers you, it does. Extremely. <laughs> then it, you can tell them to stop. You know. Okay. Yeah. I no, Kathy, behind you. I can't see still. I can see two rows. I'm Kathy, an alcoholic. So my question relates to um, six and about money. So suppose a group, uh, some of the tr um, group meets in a church and the pastor comes to the group and says, um, you know, you could do something, oh, they ask you or whatever. So uh, what they presented was, would you like make a donation to our uh, whatever, it was a, group, a children's group or something. And um, the second one was the landlord of a building came to them and instead of asking for a monetary donation, they asked for an item to be purchased for a child's charity. So um, my question is, you know, it's not really, I mean, it's sort of implied in there about finance, but it doesn't really, even if you read fourth, uh, long, the long um, um, version, it doesn't really talk about use of funds, group funds. So um, the question is whether that is a violation of the tra traditions. If the group then told the whoever they were going to give it to that they wanted it to be an anonymous donation, does that make it okay? Because then no one knows that you're promoting this other group because it was an anonymous donation. And then if the group conscience agrees to do it anyway, does that make it okay? Because group does group autonomy trump? non-endorsement okay um, the seventh tradition is the money aspect I was going to save that for next but each group's autonomous they can do whatever they want um, with their money A has guidelines um, for where that money goes we, our home group is, unbeknownst to some of its members, over time, have helped out people. Um, whether it was, um, whatever it might be, we don't, we don't talk about it much, you know. Um, but if somebody is in dire need of something, you know, it, we've gone and we've gone there before. Uh, we don't, like I said, we don't talk about it, and our, and we always run it past the group whether we should or not, because it's their money, not ours. And uh, but it's not a 
thing we do, you know, every month or every, you know, it's not a, it's like a random thing, you know. So, I, it's up to the group. Okay, so mainly this was about non-endorsement, which is what mm -hmm. what six is more than what you do with your money. And the other one was about um, the work, my concern about sale of literature at AA groups that is okay. not AA literature. How is that? It, because that could, in my mind, it could be looked at as an endorsement of these other whatever. And so I just wondered about it. You know, the literature. Each group is autonomous. They can sell whatever they want. It, as long as it doesn't bother other groups. You know, and we vote on these things, you know, whether we're going to have it or not. Like I said, there are some groups I won't go to because of stuff like that. You know, they go outside the boundaries of it, and they're allowed to. They're allowed to. You know, I get voted down all the time. You know, and um, I have found over the years that any group—this is from experience—any group that deviates from Alcoholics Anonymous's traditions does not last. It does not last, and I—I I think you can find that all across the country. The ones who stick to the traditions and, and to what we should be doing, uh, they usually fade away over time. So it's just a matter of <sighs> go find another group if it bothers you, you know. There are meetings I don't go to in Erie because of things they do. And and I don't, it's not, It's I don't tell people about that. But I don't. I don't agree with what they do, so I just don't go there. You know. So, and I, and that's my prerogative. If I want to change a meeting or start a meeting, I can do. Most meetings get started because of a reason. That <laughs> you know, it used to be. You know, the the old saying was, if if uh, you don't like your meeting, buy a coffee pot and go to a different one. Or start a different one, you know, and that's that's how that went, you know. But over time, it's been proven that meetings that don't follow our traditions usually don't make it, and that's about all I can tell you about that. Because we couldn't let the night go without me speaking. Oh, wait, I'll get you next. I know. I know I'm setting myself up. I'm scratching alcoholic. Um, and that's okay, because God will be with me. Anyhow, you had mentioned early on that as part of our primary purpose, that the meeting should only be concerned with how do we best serve the newcomer. Right. That's okay. from Bill Wilson. I understand that. My question is... Not from me. <laughs> my question is... At what point does somebody stop becoming the newcomer and should not part of our primary purpose be to carry the message to the sick and suffering alcoholic in addition to the newcomer? We all grow up at different rates. Right. 
I mean, I know people that didn't do the steps since until they were 25, 26 years sober. They were in here faking it till they make it. So, but we can't, we can't judge them. We have to worry about ourselves carrying the message. When we see that person walk in the door, it's up to us to walk over and say hi. You know, and that gets the conversation going. Uh, there are a lot of needy, <laughs> I shouldn't use that, but I'm going to, people who have a lot of problems other than alcohol, you know, and because they are, maybe they can't be of, be into that right now until they, they get in touch with all their other problems. So each person's different, you know, and that's okay. I mean, if we were all the same, if everybody worked the same, we'd be bitching because everything's the same. You know, it's sunny again today. At least in Erie, we don't have to worry about that, do we? <laughs> it's warm in here. You know, so we, you know, we can find anything we want and flip it over and make a big deal out of it. We have, it says in this literature, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh-oh. Here comes trouble. Oh, thank you, Jim. And um, thanks, Gretchen, for a good question. And I'm Leslie Alcoholic. I was, while you were talking, I started looking at the tradition, the fifth tradition about our primary purpose is to carry its message, the group's primary purpose is to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. And I guess, there you go, it should be in big enough print for you, since it's on the wall and I can read it from here. Okay, but, but, what exactly, you know, what is your take on what its message, what is the group's message? I mean, what is it that we have to deliver to the alcoholic who still suffers? Our experience, strength, and hope. Each okay. individual member has their own story. We are, we're our stories. And it's weird because psychologists and all the other outside people don't understand how that helps. Because all we do is tell our story. We don't fix you, we just tell our story and what you want out of it is what, or what you take out of it so should, if, it shouldn't even help you, but it does somehow. Well, that brings me to my follow-up question. <laughs> okay. okay, and so maybe you can address this, you know, is it possible, like, its message is the 12 steps? Is that something that the group has to convey to a newcomer? A group has to identify with a new person, relate with a new person, and then tell that person, I was just like you. And that's what we do. That's all. And then as time goes on, we get into all these other things. But we don't, on the first day, say, you better do this step this way. No, 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 no. that's not what I'm suggesting. I'm suggesting in the great overall. That's why we're here, right? To we're here. We're here every day. How we day. recovered, which is through the steps. Bill Wilson talked about AA is evolving, and because it's evolving, we uh, there's new things that always come up, and there's new things that always come forward. Um, I think uh, 
it will continue to do that, but we do have a basic tenant that we always go back to, and that's our stories. That's all I got. Thank you.